Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, everyone, welcome back, and uh, thanks as always for listening. I am super excited to talk about this movie. Just kidding, it's not a movie this time. It's a TV show, again, because it went so well last time. Um, Very similar to Daredevil, I recently rewatched this show because I love it, and I have some free time on my hands, and I thought, why not? So, this is probably my second, yeah, second favorite superhero TV show. I'm, I realized that I haven't really seen that many, if I'm being honest. Like, I love, love, love Batman the Animated Series. Don't get me wrong. However, I, I haven't seen enough of it to really, like, cast judgment on it. Like, I just don't, I, I don't have enough experience with the show. I've seen a couple of choice episodes, and obviously some of the best, because I only had a free trial of DC Universe for a week. Uh, I wasn't going to be able to tackle the whole show, but regardless, I really loved it. I just don't have the, I, I you know, I don't have the full picture. I just have, like, baby's first episodes of that show. If you're going to give them to somebody like here are the handful of best episodes. That's the ones that I would have seen, and so I don't feel like it would be fair for me to call it a favorite just because I haven't seen enough of it. So this would probably be number two, right behind Daredevil. And I don't know what would come after that. I can't really think of any other ones that I love. Jessica Jones is okay. I mentioned before I'm not a big fan of the CW stuff, but I was going to say shit right there. Um, it's not that bad, I guess. But uh, anyway, regardless, I am super excited to talk about it. And, and yeah, let's just get into it. No more pussyfooting around. Uh, I said that the earlier, and then I immediately questioned where the hell that came from. Who thought of that? Anyway, uh, this show is brilliant, and I feel like I toss that word around a lot to the point where it doesn't really have any meaning, but you know what? I don't even care. This show is, is brilliant, and I I don't feel bad saying it. The original graphic novel is seminal. That book, man, I have such a rocky history with it because I tried to read it way too early, and it really put me off because I was just too young. I was like... In fifth grade, no way was I going to be able to wrap my head around that book. I made it about halfway through, and I pretty much jumped ship. Some could say maybe I walked the plank off the black freighter. But, um, but I just, I just couldn't get into it. And so for a while, that put me off, because I was like, well, obviously, fifth grade me has the best opinions on, on what is and isn't worth a revisit. But, uh, I did finally get around to it. And I was like, holy shit, this is great. This is really, really good. For a while, there was like, I don't know what the rest of the world. I don't know what Time Magazine's 100 Best Novels uh, has to say about stuff. But I disagree. This book is bad. But then I, I watched it, and I was like, no, I, I'm an idiot. This is obviously fantastic. It's poetic. And it is so well-crafted. It's so well-paced. The characters are awesome uh now that's uh not as much of a novelty but back then the idea of regular people being superheroes and what the realities of that would look like was a very interesting and unique idea and the the um the shadow that it cast over this the comic book genre at large looms so 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 large that we are still living under it today like, that movie, or not that movie, certainly not that movie, 
um, that book and The Dark Knight Returns basically single-handedly influenced not even just comics, but like the ripple effect that those two pieces of art had on just like superhero and, and pop culture in general, we still feel them today. It's crazy. It would make for something I think that somebody more qualified than me uh, could get into someday and make a really good episode of a podcast about, but this isn't the show for that. But it is really impressive that they were able to pull off such an amazing thing with, with that book. And um, and yeah, I just, I love the dialogue. I love the characters. The art's fantastic. The colors are just so beautiful. And they created really long-lasting and timeless characters out of a bunch of characters from uh, some random comic company, I don't even remember the name of, that were pretty bare bones. And they really took them and transformed them into something really special. Um I love, absolutely love, uh, Alan Moore and, um, and Dave Gibbons. They're both really, really talented artists, and, um, and yeah, I, I really love that book now, and I'm actually in the middle of rereading it just because this, rewatching the series made me want to go back and, and dive all in, into that again, but, uh, but yeah, I love the book, and I think that reading the book is the only way that you can really watch the series and truly appreciate it. I'm sure you can get a certain degree of enjoyment out of it, but I think reading the book beforehand is probably the best way to go about approaching this show, especially if you're watching it for the first time. I think it'd be best to watch it after you read the book and then uh and then like, you know, make your decision from there rather than watching it being like, "Oh, I wonder what the book's like." and then going back reading the book and then maybe like taking a second look at the series. I think it'd be better to just watch the storyline unfold as one big uh big tapestry rather than like a kind of the cut up pieces of a quilt so as it stands i i did know a lot about watchmen going into this i wasn't super well versed in all the behind the scenes stuff uh of like the world not not the actual creative process the um like the autobiography of um of what's his face of the first night owl and uh the like the psychiatric files and the scientific write-ups on like dr manhattan stuff i don't i'm not super well versed in that stuff because it's stuff that i chose to avoid the first couple times i read the book just because i i don't honestly don't know why i was young and stupid and just thought well i don't need this shit uh i've since gone back and have rediscovered it but Going into it, I wasn't super familiar with all that stuff, but upon revisiting it after watching the show a second time, it has been really interesting to see how those background details connect to the show, and um, they kind of shape that narrative in a really interesting way, and I like that, similar to something like Rogue One, where you see this single line of text from the opening crawl of uh, A New Hope, and they expound upon it and turn it into a whole movie because it's just... It's a really ripe sentence, it turns out, and I think that's a very similar situation here, where they took certain aspects of these characters and the flashbacks that we get to the formative days of what would become the Watchmen, and then where that uh, where that led America, and they turn it into a fully fleshed out story, and they uh, they weave that backstory into the story that we follow in the show, and that's one of my favorite parts of it. I love how it ties in the aspects of the broader universe. And then I love that the show relies on you being as smart as it is. 
the only times that I really disconnect from the show are when it over-explains things, like when it, it adds a flashback that it doesn't need to. I think that it would have been stronger without a lot of those things. Honestly, if it would have had no flashbacks, and I'm not talking about, like, episode 6 or episode 7, I'm talking about, like, things we've already seen in the episodes that we then flash back to later, I think that this is a show that especially in the first like three or four episodes when you're really trying to get your bearings of just like what what is happening what are all these terms they're tossing out who are these people where do they come from why are they wearing masks like where how does all this connect what are these like strange uh terms and references they're making like you're really you're really just thrown into this world and it's actually kind of an apt comparison to uh new hope which is a very similar film in its uh, it's approach to exposition. It just throws you into this world and it just expects you to keep up with these characters and these locations and this technology and the way this world functions. And it explains it to you as you go, which I think, especially on a first viewing, is very integral to the pacing and to keeping you interested and intrigued constantly because you just keep learning more and more about these characters and the world that they inhabit. And I think that's one of the things that helps maintain an audience's interest in the long run, which is obviously very beneficial when you're developing a TV show rather than just a two-hour movie. And that was one of my favorite things about this this show right off the bat, that it, you just, you're dropped in and you're just expected to keep up. And I like that uh, they, uh, they keep revealing things up until the final episode. Everything comes full circle in that last one, and even then it's kind of, you know, you can definitely parse it out and you can be like, oh, this dot connects with that one. You had to go through this crazy loop-de-loop to get there, but they do connect. And I think especially upon rewatch, when you know where it's going from the beginning, a lot of moments have more significance than they did the first time you saw them because they're just smaller details that you don't, you wouldn't totally pay attention to, but once you understand them in the broader context of the story you, uh, you, I think you get more out of it, and I think that that's kind of how I want to talk about the show in general, it's more in broad strokes, as it, how it works as a, per, like, a, a nearly perfect, in my eyes, piece of art, a really fantastic sequel that takes everything that was great about the first one, it gives it a different context, and a different setting, and a different time period, and takes the ideas that it was exploring, and transfers them to the the modern era and and asks the question what would happen next and i think that's a really great starting point for this show and i think that more than trying to dig into the individual moments of nine hours worth of story and and story with a capital s this is a story like there is a lot happening i think it's just more valuable to to approach it as a piece of writing just like how this was written how does this all connect and come together and i think what works about it fant- fantastically and uh and why so yeah that's kind of the context i'll be viewing this show in but regardless i think or i mean as separate from that uh i love the way this show looks and the visual hints to certain things in the broader world of Watchmen that are included here, whether it be the Black Freighter Motel, or the um, the like the the flag that Ozymandias rides by uh, on his horse in one of the first episodes, um, 
the symmetry, the visual symmetry with a lot of these moments, whether it be the very beginning of the show where you see setup that you don't even realize is setup, which is something that I could go on and on about this show. This show is, you know what? I think I've been realizing more and more recently that a lot of the things that I tell you guys about that are my favorite things of, you know, my favorite examples of such and such genre or my favorite, you know, example of this strategy of writing a story. It's set up and payoff. And you could probably create a drinking game and get pretty tipsy off of how many times I say those words. But the fact remains that it's something about it. I just love how it brings stories full circle and how it structures them, makes them just pay off so perfectly and from the very first scene you're getting um you're getting the the uh, what's it called um cereal that's what it's called the black and white cereal that is um it portrays bass reeves and you're not even gonna know until a few episodes down the line but you see where he gets uh where he gets the idea to put on a hood, where he gets the idea to disguise his identity, where he takes the name Reeves from. You're getting all of that stuff right from the beginning. And then you see this horrible tragedy, and it really informs the uh, attitude that the show has and the themes it's going to explore throughout the whole series. It gives you moments of visual poignance and just amazing shots that will come back later in very meaningful ways. I think one of my favorite ones that I didn't realize until I rewatched it was the um and I I got this before the stupid flashback which is which is something else and you don't need the flashbacks in a lot of these moments but when you see him looking out on this town this black town and it's burning and then you finally see in episode 6 which is my goddamn favorite episode of maybe anything ever but it's easily my favorite episode of the series and Oh, speaking of that, love that this is a series. Love that as far as we're concerned, this is it. For now, Damon Lindelof has said, I don't have any other stories to tell. I told what I wanted to to tell with these characters, and I'm I'm done. Which When does that ever happen? I'm so glad that it's just one complete, concise story. I don't need to know what happens next. The only thing that I could see being cool is something that I heard proposed on the Weekly Planet podcast, which if you're not listening to that, what's wrong with you? Get on that. But um, the main host proposed... Uh, a sequel series that's like um it's within the same universe same continuity but it's follows uh um night owl and like what happened to him how did he get in prison maybe what's he doing since what was he doing before that kind of thing i think that would be cool but i don't think it's necessary you're certainly fine without it but regardless um that's easily my favorite episode of the series uh what's it called this extraordinary being it's season season it's season six no it's episode six obviously season one but um but yeah that episode is amazing and the way it reveals so much about the characters and the oh my god the cinematography in that episode and the way it portrays the cyclical nature of all these conflicts and it shows you the origin of him he's painting uh over his face and uh, and for a lot of the show, I'm like, why didn't she just put on a mask? But I think it's purely for the storytelling advice of it coming full circle of him putting on the makeup. And, you know, he's putting something over his eyes, specifically a paint-like substance over his eyes, which is something that she, done, she then does later 
uh, I love that she's giving speeches about the this world being fair and good, and we know that's not true. We know this world's black and white. She's dressed in black and white, which is very similar to Rorschach. Uh, and the reason why he, spoiler alert, dies at the end of that book is because he refuses to compromise. He says it from the very beginning, even in Armageddon, I will not compromise in this, and that's why he dies. He sees everything in black and white, in black and white refuses to acknowledge the shades of gray, and he ends up paying the ultimate price. And she has a very similar view of, of everything. Everything's right and wrong, and the show kind of shows her over over the course of the, st of the story why things sometimes get gray. She does end up changing over the course of the, the series. She does end up arcing in that way. But um, but yeah, some of the some of the shots. Oh my God, when the the baby's starting to grow up, she walks around. She's pregnant. She walks around a post. When she walks back into view, you can see that she's holding a baby. Then she comes back around. You see her and a little like a toddler run through the house. They collapse on the bed. Then the, we move through the frame, and then the kid is older. Oh my God, it's so so good. Uh, and then the episode, basically this, that story, the flashback, um, the origin of Hooded Justice really culminates with him burning down this white man's world, this white man's terror, bringing it all full circle to when he was watching the white men burn down uh, his world. And I absolutely love that. It's so poetic and it's so, so good. Um, I love that episode for so many reasons and it's beautifully shot it's beautifully edited and what it tells us about the character it's just so great and uh and yeah man that episode is one of the best t episodes of tv that i've seen probably ever um and actually a seven no it's not seven it's it's eight uh i like seven a lot but i like eight more and i love the the conversation, it's so gripping the way it's it's framed through this conversation uh, between Angela and Dr. Manhattan and the way they go back and forth and what you're learning about the future and how you learn the backstory of everything that happened beforehand. Oh, so good. It's the juxtaposition of them, um, them like breaking up in, in the, uh, in the present, whereas they're coming together in the past, and uh, the whole the paradox of him not experiencing time linearly anymore uh, because of the tachyons, all that is really, really cool, and finally getting the backstory of everything. I, I loved all that, and I love the paradox it sets up of her being the one that informs her grandfather that Judd Crawford has the KKK uniform in his closet her chief wouldn't have died if she did not know that in the present to then get that information to her grandfather in the past so that he would then act on it man that's so so interesting i love time travel paradoxes like that and yeah this show just really makes you think and i man i love it it's really really great the performances the the editing there are so many awesome edits edits in this show it's just got such an awesome visual flair. Uh, I love the pacing. I love the action and how real it is. It's not overly flashy. I love the way the world is built and how you learn so much about what happened to 
the America and the, the rest of the world after the events of the first book and why and how you can see the logical progression of a lot of those events and how it inform, informs how the characters act now. Stuff like, oh, it just makes the world feel so lived in and so real. Stuff like the, the, uh, the trauma group for the extra-dimensional trauma or whatever it's called. Um, the the extra-dimensional security system, that whole thing, all that stuff is really cool. Seeing the events from a different perspective and how that informs uh, Looking Glass's character as we go throughout the show is is really great. Uh, so yeah, I love the show. And uh, oh man, Lori Blake, Lori Blake is so good. She's come all the way back around to seeing everything as a joke, just like her father did. It's Ah, it's so good, dude. If you haven't seen the show and watched, or, yeah, and read the book, I'd really, really encourage you to do that. It's a time commitment, but it will be worth it, I promise. This is something that transcends genre. It is so damn good. Uh, one last thing. One last thing. Uh, I love how quirky the show is. It's so weird. It's got so many weird, weird moments that wouldn't work in any other show for me, but... It's just got the the right tone and the right characters for it, and I love how they integrate a lot of this stuff. And uh, man, setup you didn't realize was setup. Um, the way they use music as symbolism, the way they use conversations and even jokes to frame stories, uh, the way they hint back to things that happened in in the previous installment in the series. Oh man, it's so damn good. Uh, man, I really love it. So, yeah, that's that. Oh, my throat hurts even more now. I just banged out, like, uh, an hour and a half of recording, and I don't have any water because I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't feel like going back downstairs to get it. I really need to learn. You think I'd be a professional by now, right, guys? Right, guys? Come on. I'll wait. Thank you. All right, uh, before we get out of here, I am grateful that I got myself motivated today. All these episodes are being recorded all weird and out of order. Um, I recorded um, the last episode that you were, will hear of these of the set first. Uh, the I recorded three in this session. This is the last one, although it's going to be the second one that comes out sequentially. The the third one that'll come out was the first one I recorded. The first one that'll come out was the second. It's all jumbled up. And so I kind of feel like Dr. Manhattan in terms of how I'm, I'm reaching through time to tell you different different secrets about this stuff. But um, what was I going to say? I do not remember. I have no idea where this is going. I totally lost it. Um, man, I don't know. Well, whatever. But I am grateful. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, wait, what? I don't know. Uh, oh, okay. I think I was going to say is that the, year, the day you're going to hear this is the day after the day I recorded the, the Karate Kid episode, but you're not going to get that for a couple more days. So, technically, the, the grateful for this episode should be the grateful for the Karate Kid episode because of when it was recorded versus... Oh my god. I Why did I even bring this... Why did I even open this can of worms? Guys, it's so late. I need to get to bed and I need to get some water. But I'm grateful that I had the motivation to get myself working out today. 
this has been a long time coming. I've been really meaning to do it. I ran um, a little while ago while we were in Presque Isle, but I've been meaning to do it again, and I finally got out of bed and did it right, bright and early this morning. It felt really good. Came back, busted out a short uh, body weight exercise after that, made breakfast. It was a great start to the day. I'm glad I finally just got off my ass and did it. Felt good. Hardest part is putting your shoes on. After that, it's a breeze. So get out there and, and work out too if you're feeling a little, little unmotivated. Just, just, just hit a quick send on that. So yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. Okay, let's bring this baby home. If you like the show and you want to support it, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcast. You can do it right now. Five stars would be super helpful. I appreciate anything, though. If you really like the show and you want to never miss an episode, again, you can subscribe. That would be super appreciated. If you want to follow the show on Instagram for updates on when new episodes are posted and what the topics of discussion will be, you can do that at moviesandmorepod at, gmail, or at Instagram, uh, on Instagram, at moviesandmorepod. If you want to follow me personally for song recommendations, uh, new shoes that I bought, and like trip photography, whatever, where I go on trips, I just post pictures from them. Uh, you can do that at gbandrilli1 on Instagram. And if Instagram doesn't really float your boat, I totally get it. You can email the show with any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. So thanks if you've done all that, and if you're going to, thank you in advance. So I will see you next time, but before I get out of here, I would like to say... Um, mm, 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 mm. who watches the Watchmen, man? All right, peace. Let's let's get out of here. I'm gonna die. I, okay, correction. I'm actually gonna die, guys. Don't don't get too worried. Chronologically, the next episode's out of order, so you don't know. Maybe I I turn around and I immediately die. But I meant specifically my throat. Okay, okay. I'm just making sure we're on the same page, cause you know. I don't want you guys getting too worried. Where's my favorite podcast going to go if this kid dies? It's really dark. I probably shouldn't be talking about this. Okay, bye for real. Oh, also, <laughs> you thought I was actually done. I mean, yeah, maybe. Maybe I recorded and edited this whole episode and literally had it ready to be put out and had the description written and everything. And then I realized I forgot to say anything about Ozymandias and Jeremy Irons, but... Uh, hey, Ozymandias is pretty good in the show. Jeremy, Iron, Jeremy Irons is a, he's a pretty good actor, it turns out. But, uh, but yeah, you know what? That's the gist of it. He's really quirky and really, really good at his character. He's got great gravitas, and I love how he sells every moment that he's in. Uh, he gives a great spin to this character, and I love every scene that he's in, and just that weird world he inhabits, and how even he arcs. Everybody's arcing. It's so good. But, uh, but yeah, that's all I have to say. Sorry. I know you were probably like, thank God, it's finally over. But it is actually over for real this time, I promise. Okay, bye. Oh, yeah. Chicken or the egg, which came first? I ate an egg and now I'm Dr. Manhattan. I'm floating on a pool. Wait, maybe not. Uh, don't be a fool. <laughs> oh, God, this is terrible. It cuts before my foot hits the water. Alright, I... Okay, two things. I think this show, while it leaves it ambiguous, it makes it pretty definitive that she definitely got those powers. And then, not only that, I would kill for the for the show to go through the whole credits and the end credit scene to be um
to be her just falling into the pool. <laughs> that would be so funny. Just completely undermine the dramatic moment. Just like, mm, no, for sure she did get the powers. That would be amazing. But I'm glad they didn't do that. And I definitely see why. That would be ridiculous. But uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, let's, let's go. That was, I don't know what that was.